With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. (laughs) And welcome to the Fourth Line Boys Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 307 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there on this uh Hot Sunday here in uh, in Saskatchewan. Anyway, it is uh, thirty one, and uh, whew, but I still got to go out and mow the lawn. Tremendous, and then uh, oh yeah, like my my day has been planned already. I already worked this morning. Tried to got out early and tried to beat the heat for the overtime, and then uh, come home and uh, yeah, a few things here to do, and uh, maybe the in laws. So. Oh yes, the uh, the the things to do. But uh, anyway, how are you guys doing? Um, I actually wasn't going to put an episode out at all this week. Uh, of course, Wednesday I missed. I apologize for anybody that didn't get their normal Wednesday fix. Um, yeah, was a little under the weather to start the start the week, and then I got uh, I got hurt at work, um, hurt my arm. And, uh, so that, that has been a battle here for the last, uh, six days. And, um, yeah, just, uh, a, lo- a lot of shit was going on. So I apologize for, for not getting the podcast out, but, uh, and I, like I said, I wasn't going to do one, uh, today. Um, but, um, okay. Well, first of all, uh, when was it Friday? Friday, I had posted on Facebook I was going, I asked for people who wants to come on the show and kind of do a, this 10 question rapid fire, put you on the spot kind of deal. I had done something similar in the past. So, and a bunch of people got a hold of me. Then I got, and I, of course, I posted this while I was at work. Then I got home, some, you know, some stuff happened, went down that needed to get done, and I didn't get the time that I wanted. And a few of the people I talked to, it just, it didn't work out. And, uh, so I apologize. And, uh, yeah, I will get it. So, and I was going to get a bunch of guys, you know, get 10, 15 minutes out of each guy. And that was going to be Sunday's episode it was going to be eight or nine people talking about this rapid 10, but, uh, it didn't really work out that way. But then I got to thinking, well, there is really no time limit on it. It's like evergreen questions. So it's like, um, I could kind of just do this all summer, really. Um, cause you know, summer dead time, not obviously not a lot going on and it just kind of, you know, I mean, how many, you know, you, 
to be completely honest, you just run out of topics, right? It's just how many times you're going to just, oh, who's the hardest puncher? You know, like, you know, top five and whatever. It's like, you just, I run out of topics. So, uh, this was sort of, you know, and it's listener driven and it's like, okay. And plus you never know because the listeners don't know the questions I'm going to ask. So, uh, or the guy doesn't know the question I'm going to ask. So I kind of put them on the spot and whatever. And, um, I mean, I guess going forward, if people listen to this show and they'll know what the questions were. So they'll kind of have an idea. Not that that's a big deal, but it, um, sort of the, the, um, spot spontaneity of it is, is kind of cool. Um, but, uh, then I got to thinking, well, I got three done so far. I'll just put those on Sunday and then next Sunday I could do three more. So that's kind of what I'm going to do. I think throughout the summer is as the weeks go on, if a guy's got time, I'll be like, Hey, can you record for 15 minutes? And I'll hit him with these questions and then that I'll save them. And then that on a Sunday episode, I'll put three or four together and that'll be the Sunday episode. So I think that's what I'm going to do going forward here in the summer. So my first three guests are William, Tony and Barrett. And, uh, actually all of them have been on the show before. So, uh, we will, uh, yeah, that'll be, today's episode will be my 10 questions with those guys, because each one was about 10, 15 minutes. Um, but before I do that, obviously, uh, I'll talk about a few things. As I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network, and uh, oh, I got, there's some characters that have joined the network. We got Jolton Joe Lazito and uh, uh, with the Coliseum Chronicles, it's going to be an, uh, his Islander podcast. He has joined the show, or the network, pardon me, and of course, uh, you know, old Alec there at the Five for Fighting podcast. Um, always oh, getting his steps in, folks. Always, oh, he's on the job site. Yeah, his uh, having work issues this week. A lot of walking, but uh, the Five for Fighting podcast has joined, and then of course, uh, old Jordan at the uh, uh, Five in a Game podcast is uh, he? He's he's out there. He's out in the fields, out in the oil fields. He, he's he's grinding, but he'll be back later in the fall here. So he'll be back, and uh, yeah, so the network's bouncing here with uh, with all these new signups. So um, yeah, so when these cats uh, put out something new, I'll let you guys know. Um, other than that, I you know what? I, I well, I'll pretty much just get into the the interviews with these three characters because um, I really don't have much. Uh, you know, I mean, you know. Do you want, let's break down the Vegas game one of the cup final. Like, no, I don't give a shit, you know, um, whatever. I will say though, imagine the Stanley cup game one in Las Vegas, like that on a Saturday night, like that place wouldn't be rocking. Oh, like down on the strip and shit. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. I gotta admit. Um, but, uh, other than that, uh, the only news we got some enforcer, we got a signing, um, Matthew Gagnon. Who, uh, who was last played, he played this last season, uh, in the UK, in the Elite League. Uh, I, I don't even know if he had a fight over there. I can't remember. I can't recall if he did or not. Um, I mean, man, the old, it was funny. I was, the other night I was watching, um, you know, uh, the UK Fight Channel, Paul's channel. He does a great job. He's done a net, like the history that he's preserved over there in terms of the, the Elite League and, uh, um, the Super League before it, um, the second to not, if it wasn't for him, there'd just, there'd be nothing in, for UK history. And I mean, there's been a lot of good, a lot of good guys that have gone over there and there's been some tough cats and, uh, a lot of great tilts over the UK League over the years. Uh, don't sleep on the UK League. The past UK League, now it's, it's pathetic now. I mean, I don't, 
I, I don't even recall if there was any fights. Over, I mean, obviously there was a few, but it's just like, you. I mean, they've cut the balls off of that league, you know, and um, I know I've, I've talked to, I mean, John Searson's been on this show a bunch of times and he's, uh, you know, ranted and raved about it, but just, I don't know, just whatever. It, it's a shame. But, I mean, not that I'm surprised because, I mean, they, you know, it's not like, oh, because come to North America, they fight over here. I mean, they don't fight here either. So, you know, it's just it's, it's just a product of hockey these days. Um, so, Gagnon was pretty much, you know, it's kind of like the Reeves syndrome, right? Like, yeah, you're the, you know, you're, you're King Tur to shit mountain, basically. And, uh, but it's heating up now because Matthew Gagnon, of course, obviously, uh, French from Quebec, uh, he has come home and he has signed a two-year contract in the LNAH for next year with, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't speak French, so pardon me, but it's like Rivière de Loup. It's like the 3L team. Um, so I, I noticed signed a three-year or two-year deal. Um, now, I mean, how strict those contracts are. I mean, you know, in the past, I think they've been written on uh, sticky notes and invisible ink. Um, but for now, I mean, I'm pretty sure, um, you know, obviously he's done over in the UK. Um, I mean, maybe Trois Rivieres in, in the East Coast League signs him, but he's already played there. Um, so I don't know. I think maybe at this point, I mean, he's he's, he's got to be 30, pretty close. Not that that's ancient, but I mean, I think it's probably, you know, time to get on with life and whatever and, and settle down and, and just play in the hometown and you know, and I mean, and I mean, I can guarantee in the LNH, he'll still be making decent money, you know, because, uh, you know, obviously, if you can land a guy like that to come into the LNH, you're laughing. So, because I think they said this team signed him back and or protected him back in like 2015. That's how long it, that's how long they've been waiting to get him. And um, so, hey, good on them because he's a bad dude, man. Gagnon's awesome and he can throw down and he is going to, if he, if he sticks with, if he stays around and plays in the LNH next season, uh, I mean, you know, so, you know, it'll be interesting because I like is Thomas Belmire is in the league, but you know, he's uh, he's got to be getting he's close to forty. Although he looked great this year, but I mean, between him and you know, there a couple a couple of the guys are getting a little older. But uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see Gagnon in the LNAH could be badass. He'll, he'll have more than one fight, I'll tell you that. Anyway, so yeah, that'll be interesting. So that was a big signing. Um. Um, also going for, you guys know how I like the ice wars around here, of course. And, uh, you know, I was, I was down in Edmonton for the first two and kind of did the, uh, on the spot reporting and, um, you put up some Facebook live videos and stuff when everything was going on. Well, and I like to interview the competitors before the event and just get their feelings on it and everything else. And that's not going to change. Um, ice wars three is happening on July 15th in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. And, uh, heavyweight tournaments is happening, going down. And, uh, also there's a first, uh, they're, they're having a female fight. Uh, yes, the first, uh, the first female fight in Ice Wars history is going to happen. And, uh, a couple gals from, uh, from Metal Lake, Saskatchewan, apparently John Morasti has, uh, has found a few and, um, I'm not quite sure the, the, the one lady's name, but, uh, I have spoken to uh, Haley Ross, and uh, yeah, and uh, I've kind of asked her, I thought it would be a very unique to get her on the show and, and, and talk about basically what made her sign up and her hockey background. I know she plays, because I've seen pictures of her in like 
hockey uniform and stuff was on the ice and stuff. So, um, we'll, I'll, I'll get into the, uh, I'll get into her background with her. And, uh, I know her opponent who again is local, um, and she knows, um, has not signed the contract yet, but I, you know, I don't know if I'm sure she will at some point here. So, um, but yeah, I will, I'm going to have Haley on the show and we'll, I think that's great that uh, we're, you know, we're going to have a female tilt at the Ice Wars. It'll be great. and um, But I'm also going to have a couple of the characters back. I know I've talked to James Brooks a few times, Corey Allen, uh, Bo Cornell, Justice Smoke, all of them. Um, I, so leading up to Ice Wars, I'll definitely have them on, see how their training is going. And, uh, of course, old, I imagine old Swanee will make an appearance. I know he is in the heavyweight tournament as well. So it uh, it's shaping up. Uh, Ice Wars 3 in Wyoming at the, uh, I, I believe it's at the Outlaw, Outlaw Saloon. Oh, it's, it's, you know, we're going completely outlaw here. And, uh, so I don't know who any, I don't know the fight, the card yet. Um, I am going to try to reach out to Charlie Nama, who is, uh, in, who's the head dude in this. And, um, I'll, I'll see if he'll come on the show and, and maybe reveal what's happening and everything. But, uh, so, you know, as we as we head into June here, and uh, and the and Ice Wars three gets closer, I think we're uh, I'll definitely be having some of the competitors on, and uh, yeah, so support the event. I'm sure it'll be back on pay per view on Fight TV. I'm hoping because uh, yeah, it'll be strange. I'll have to I'll have to, instead of being there this time, I guess I'm gonna have to have to order the pay per view and uh, like everyone else, and uh, well, maybe I'll maybe do a YouTube live show that's on and we can all get in there and talk while the event is on and i think that would be fun and uh yeah maybe we'll do that um yeah i'll have to get the camera from school and stuff my wife has our camera said i've never done a youtube live show before but i think that would be fun to to have people on or you know or whatever but uh yeah ice wars 3 july 15th folks we'll see what goes down and now here's a word from our sponsor Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Let, let's uh, let's get into these shenanigans. Um, yeah, so like I said, the, the premise of it, it was just something I wanted to try out. Um... It was basically, it was 10, it was not rapid fire, like, oh, you gotta say your answers in six seconds and we move to the next one. Um, it's more just kind of put you on the spot, you know, 10 questions. Um, they, and again, none of the guests knew what I was gonna ask ahead of time. So, uh, there is some kind of, oh, gee, uh, you know, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, and then whatever their answer was, we kind of expanded on it for a couple minutes and maybe talked about whoever the name that they threw out was. And, um, you know, and I found guys like, uh, well, you know, Williams, of course, he's a fan of the Winnipeg Jets, Tony, the Canucks and, and Barrett, the Sabres. And, um, you know, so we kind of focused on their favorite team, so to speak, and kind of, you know, their favorite enforcers and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yeah, no, it was just fun. And like I said, it's fun to get the guys on and just talk. And I actually have more fun, uh, when I first call them up and we're just kind of getting the sound levels, like we're not recording it. I'm just sort of getting their sound right and everything. And we're just bullshitting. Um, of course we end up bullshitting for like half the time. It's like for 45 minutes, you know, and, uh, yeah, I end up getting 15 minutes of audio, but I had them on the phone for an hour and a half. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of what happens. But, uh, yeah, going forward, uh, I know some of the guys out there, uh, Dave, etc. You got a hold of me, 
And, uh, you know, our schedules couldn't meet up at the time, but I will certainly get you on the show and we will do this. And, uh, yeah, and I think it's going to be something I'm going to run throughout the summer. Uh, or maybe just continually, because then it's just, it's fan generated and you never know what the answers are going to be, right? Everything's just random. So, um, you know, it, it, it's great content. It, uh, it involves the listeners. Um, and, well, and if they weren't listeners before, they're going to be listeners after because they'll, they'll want to hear their spot. And then maybe they'll be like, Oh, I like this show. I want to keep listening to it. So it's kind of a growth opportunity as well, which is, you know, what I'm always looking for that too. So, so if you want to get on and do a kind of the rapid fire questions, get a hold of me, uh, on Twitter or on Facebook, fourth line voice. Um, uh, as the kids say, my DMs are open. Uh, if you don't, if you're not on social media, hockey, fight, hockey fights at hotmail.com. Send me, uh, send me an email and yeah, for sure. I'll get you on and, uh, and we'll do that and have a, have a, have a laugh while we're doing it. But, uh, other than that, YouTube, fourth line voice on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. If you're watching a couple videos, uh, and you like them, hit the, hit the thumbs up button. YouTube loves that shit and it helps me in the algorithms. And, uh, yeah, I put up the, uh, the Memorial Cup, best fight in the Memorial Cup question mark. It was Steve McLaren and, uh, and Chris Murray. What a battle. Um, yeah, it's a great tilt. And, uh, but yeah, lots more of that on that channel. Check it out. And, um, you know what? I was going to sit, I was going to rant on about, I think I've, I've taken, I've ranted about the Facebook groups enough here in the last few days, but it sure as shit right on the hockey fight brawls this morning. Oh, somebody talking about Larry Robinson was one of the best fighters ever was one of the, and then of course all the bullshit after. One of my favorite all times. He didn't go looking for trouble, but if someone came looking, he'd dance. Remember the 76 finals against the Flyers who had just won two straight cups? He pummeled Schultz and the Canadians won the series in four games. Then the next guy replies, Schultz was never the same after that. He was humbled and the bully was stopped. Well, first of all, dumb shits. It was 74, not 76 that the fight happened and the Flyers won two cups. After the Schultz-Robinson fight. And in fact, Schultz set the penalty minute, all-time penalty minute record for a season. After that fight happened. Like, holy shit. Talk about hockey myths once again. This is how the bullshit continues. You know, and it's just, oh, Schultz. Schultz uh, sure wasn't. Yeah, well, yeah, thank you, David. Yes, Schultz sure wasn't stopped. He won two cups after the fight. Um, he did get beat, though. Oh, yeah. Big Bird laid an ass whipping. Kind of like when Manson whipped on Stevens. Oh, God. Yeah, on and, and just all these guys, just on and on. And then one guy, it didn't happen. It happened in 74. The Flyers won the cup that year, too. Ugh. Everyone respected the bird. You don't wake up the bird. Oh, yeah. He was so good. No one fucked with him. He's in my top three with Ben Wilson and Clark Gillies. Oh. Ugh. But once again, here we are. See, that's why, like I said, well, that's why, obviously, uh, this is why I have to make hockey myth videos, like fight fan myth videos, because of shit like this. Like I said, and I replied, well, here we go, fiction can be fun. He was a Hall of Fame player that was gritty that would fight now and again. But overall, his fight card sucked. That's not my opinion, just go look at it. I mean, really, you know. And he didn't fight that often, but if you want to think no one fought him because they were scared of him, then okay, that's you, let's go with that then. And then eye roll emoji. It's just like he was a Hall of Fame player that was that could stick up for himself. That's the truth is good enough. That's good enough. But all oh, this Robinson was one of the best fighters ever. Like oh god, like just 
you know, someone like, yeah, he's exactly like Chara. Yeah, no, he is. No, he's not like Chara because, you know, it, he'd actually stand in there if someone threw a punch, you know. But it, but no, seriously though, yeah, it is the same bullshit as Chara. But I will say Chara fought a hundred and some times compared to Larry's twenty. But no, neither of them. Both of them were Hall of Famers. Both of them were gritty, physical guys that could handle themselves. But neither of them could fight worth a shit. So stop with the. Like Robinson made his whole career on four punches that he landed on Dave Schultz in a, in a bench clearing brawl. That was that's it. You know, I hate to be that guy, but it's like seriously. Like, I'm not saying, like, the video's on YouTube. Go watch it. I'm not saying anything extraordinary. Like, it's just, that's the, them's the facts, as the kids say. But, anyway, let's, let's move on from Larry Robinson, shall we? Uh, that seems to come up every two weeks, doesn't it? But, um, anyway, let's get into this. Here's my talk, uh, with, uh, first with William, then Tony, and then Barrett. I want to thank those guys again for coming on the show. I want to thank you guys for listening. And if you, uh, please, I encourage you, if you're new to this, check out the back catalog. Lots of interviews and, uh, like I said, 307 episodes. You can probably find someone, something you like to listen to. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I've been told I have an annoying voice. <laughs> and my knowledge is not a... Well, yes. Thank you, Joe Lazito, for the early morning text. Yeah, I always like to keep updated with what the idiots of the world are doing. But, um, anyway, folks, let's get into this and, uh, yeah, talk to you guys on Wednesday. Thanks everybody. All right. Here on the fourth line voice, I got uh returning guest, William Chipaway. William, what's happening? How are you tonight? Uh, pretty good. How about you? Very good. Very good. For those, uh, tuning in, uh, William, I had William on back in episode 158, and we discussed uh, his, of course, his fandom with the uh, way back in the day with the Winnipeg Jets, and we uh, try to think what did we talk? Well, we talked about Jimmy Mann and Jim Kite and all the oldies. Yeah, yeah, 58, 158. Holy shit, that's a while ago. It is. It is. It's been a while yeah. since you've you've been on. I think what is this episode 307 or something? So, yeah, holy shit. Yeah. That, I, I came on another one in there. Yeah, you did. The 200s were a little bit there. Yeah, so. Yeah, I think it was sort yeah. of, a, it, I think it was one of these, it was the same kind of deal as what I'm yeah. doing with this. Uh, I think I talked to a number yeah, of people and I think you were one of them. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, I believe, yes, you're correct. Um, but we see folks now, for those listening, um, William doesn't know what I'm going to ask him here. It's uh, it's kind of no, one of these, no I've, I've done this a couple, I think I've only done this one other time. Um, and I called it, uh, you know, putting you on the spot here. So we're, it's kind of the wrap. Oh yeah. The lightning round. And I'm going to hit you with a few questions yeah. and, uh, and, and, uh, so we'll see what, uh, it, we'll, we'll see what your answers are here. So this is not pre uh, predetermined here, folks. Uh, William has no idea what I'm going to ask him. So, um, I'm going to ask you 10 questions and, uh, okay. And I know, and as I said, right, you're a, you're out in Winnipeg. You're a Winnipeg, long-time Winnipeg Jets fan. So um, yeah. we'll start there. Um, okay. Who are the top three Winnipeg Jet enforcers of all time? Uh, top three, I would say uh, Kite, uh, Man, Man, Kite, and Cronin. I know I'm leaving Domi out, but. That just from personal preference, I like those three of my uh, um, those I, I thought were the top three. 
Crowing oh. over Domi, eh? Yeah. I will say that yeah, is, that yeah. is one thing I found. I who I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but you Winnipeg guys and your Sean Cronin fandom, it, uh, yeah. it he he's a popular dude in Winnipeg. He was he was really popular here. I don't know why he he was a bodybuilder type too, and he wasn't that outspoken or anything. But he, he just, uh, everybody uh, loved him, so. And uh, he didn't have the personality of a Domi, where he, Domi would do interviews, and he was out in the community a lot, and uh, people loved him too, but Cronin was, uh, I guess all, all the tough guys are very popular also. But he, he was one that seemed to stick out a little more for some reason. I don't know why, so. But, uh, and I, I fell into that too. I, I enjoyed him. I mean, it, it's, he wasn't even... Um, I don't think he, like, uh, I think Rob put out the top 10 of every year, and he only made the list a couple times when he was in his prime, so. And I don't think he was even near the top five. He was always in the bottom five of those top 10 still. But I still think he was a good enforcer here, so. I'll tell you, he had had a nice little, he had some success against Dave Brown. Yeah, twice I think he got the better of him. I think there's 10 or 11 fights, and he got the better of him once for sure. And I think another one, he, he would have got the advantage, but otherwise, he, uh, he lost all the other ones. But still, getting the advantage of Brown is a big thing because Brown was like uh, just a monster in heydays when he was playing, so he didn't lose too many. So, Well, just to, like, to fight Brown that many times, it's like, holy shit. Like, yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, so, see, now... He, he, was, he oh, had the, the strength on Brown, but yeah. he... Uh, he just couldn't throw a go back and toss him like Brown could. So, no, that's so, true. That's but true. those are, I think, the top enforcers of the Jets. But my personal favorites also really weren't enforcers, but they were tough guys. Like well, my personal three were McDermott, Paul McLean, and Jim Nill. I like those guys. Oh, uh, just because they played tough and they were uh, kind of underrated. And they, uh, but they um, they certainly weren't uh, the top any of the near the top ones of all time Jets. So, but those three I always liked as well. So. I can remember. Was it? I think it was it one of the old Rock'em Sock'em videos, or maybe it was Hockey's Hardest Hitters. I remember they had a little section on Paul McLean, or uh, yeah, yeah, or uh, Paul McDermott. Pardon me. And it was uh, McDermott. Yeah, yeah. McDermott. And it was just uh, holy shit. Did he he dished out some hits, man? Holy. Yeah. I think that's why I liked him because he can sure lay the body out. So yeah, and it was, and I and I don't know why. I don't know what I was looking up, but I remember. He had, McDermott actually fought more than I thought he did too. Yeah, yeah, he had some. Uh, he fought some. Uh, he fought Ojek. He got slaughtered, but he he uh, fought a few tough guys. Only fought Barubi. Actually, I, that was one where he, I don't know, just one of those ones where you get lucky and he landed. He was a lefty, so that makes a big difference too. So, and that's when he dropped Barubi there on one of the fights. So, yes, he did. That's what it was. Yeah, Napes put that video up. Yeah, it was the McDermott dropping. Bar- I didn't even know that fight happened. And I'm watching. I was like, "When the hell did yeah. this happen?" I was like, "You know, holy shit!" But yeah, he caught Barubi, which didn't happen very often. Yeah, and he did the next year or a couple of years after that, he dropped uh, McCowan too in a preseason game. I think it was in Saskatoon, actually. Um, I believe one of those neutral site games, but it was in a preseason, and he dropped. He did the same thing to Jamie McCowan. So he so he had. I think just the left being a lefty that uh, that surprises so many guys. So and if you don't fight a lot. Yeah, or two, like a like a true enforcer, then that that really surprises even more. So, no, absolutely. Well, okay. Well, there's number one. The first question was the top three. Now, see, this is where I'm going to put you on the spot. Now, 
as a Jets fan. Um, second question, who is the worst Winnipeg Jets enforcer? Oh, geez, that, I don't even know. Has it been Forcer? That's, uh, <clears throat> that's hard to say because, uh, um, some didn't last too long because, uh, just, they just, uh, oh, I don't even know. Um, we had guys like Schofield and, uh, he just did this because he just didn't play enough here. And when he did here, when he did play here, I think only one season, um, but he lost most of his fights when he was at the Jets. So I'd have to go with him, but he, he wasn't around too long. So I remember him losing to McGuire and Byers and Cox. And I think he beat Cox up one time really well, big time when he was in Washington. He gave Cox a good beating then, but I think he'd lost to Cox when he was here and Cox was in Calgary. And I remember him losing to McGuire, Byers. And I think, I can't remember who else he lost. He's all tough guys he fought as well. So, I'd have to go with him, even though I, I liked him, and I was excited when the Jets picked him up. But he just he didn't didn't do too well here when he was. So I'd have to go with uh, Schofield. Oh, there you go. Ah, uh, see, I the Jets. Well, you didn't you didn't wiggle out of it. That's good. Hey, Lazito, are you listening? <laughs> I asked Lazito that question with the <laughs> Islanders. Oh, I can't do that, and he just he 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 yeah. talked himself right out of it like Teflon. He slid right out. No, there you go. William stood yeah. in the firing range and took it. Didn't want to say it, but he did it anyway. Only as a Jet, though. Yeah. As when he played for other teams, he, he didn't uh, he didn't lose too much, I don't think. But as no, a he Jet, didn't. he just didn't do too well. So, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, yeah, um, what, what's your what's your most what's your most favorite fight that you saw live? Live. Um, let's see. Oh, um, it would be uh, Cronin. And uh, who is he beating up? It was against Vancouver. Oh, Conan and Stanley. That or else McBain and Churla. And McBain did very well against Churla. I think he got the better of And uh, Jets ended up winning 9 nothing. And there was about, uh, he got three tickets to that game. And there was about, about seven or eight fights. And it was just a mean, obviously, when the score is that lopsided, there's going to be a lot. Back in those days, in the 80s, early 90s, there was going to be lots of fights. And I think that one, my, my most favorite fight was uh, McBain and Churla. So and he expected uh, Chula just to destroy him, but no, he uh, he held his own, and I think he even got the better of Chula. I put that up a few times that fight, so yep. a lot of good people were surprised at that one. So there you go, there you go, cool. Uh, well, we'll move away from the yeah. the Jets here, um, or we don't have to move away from the Jets if that's your answer, but just in general, um, top three duos, best duos, fight wise, not Gretzky Curry. But fight wide, fight yeah. Batman and Robin. Who's the who are the top three or who are your favorite three? We'll put that way. Now I will say your best, say the yeah, best Probert, three. Yeah, Probert Kosher for sure. Yeah, and uh, just yeah, and um, I liked uh, Donnelly and uh, Cronin when they were here, even though they didn't. Uh, that they were a duel for about close to three years here in Winnipeg. So yep. just because just being a Jet fan. And uh, who else? I think then after that would be uh, Nalan and Korik. I like when they were a duo in Montreal. So very good, very good. Yeah. Um. Well, that, that was uh, that. Well, now we're at what, one, two. That was four, so five. Well, I'll use yours. Uh, what when I asked you today about some questions, the WHA. Yeah. Yeah. Who was uh? 
from from what you could uh, it, how could I word that? What uh, I was going to say, your favorite WHA fighter, but that's not true. What? Uh, yeah, like in terms of uh, if you could go back, I guess to the WHA because uh, you're you were a little young to remember the Jets and the WHA. I'd assume. Yeah. But if, yeah. if you could go back, I mean, who would you want to see more more footage from the WHA of? We'll put it that oh, way. Oh, yeah. There's so many. Yeah. Um, I think Claxon would be the the, the first one. Claxon, uh, Semenko, Carlson, Potiu. Um, but Claxon would be number one, who I'd like to see, because I just heard so many stories. And these are from uh, other tough guys, not from fans. So uh, talking about how tough he was and all that. And so... And like saying he didn't win them all, but he um, he, he he was right in there with all the tough guys. And when he came to the NHL after the, the expansion, he just uh, he was already uh, way past his prime and uh, lost a few there that when he was in Pittsburgh and Quebec. So, but uh, I'd have to say him, Kim Claxon. So there you go, there you go. Um, yeah. What uh, fantasy matchup? If someone said, what fight would you love to see? What would your answer be? Doesn't matter any era, um, any guys. What What's your fantasy matchup? Yeah, I'd say Jimmy Mann and Dave Semenko, both in their prime. I would, I would say so. Just because the Jets again. So and uh, yeah, I'd like to see them go. So Mann versus yeah. Semenko. All right. Well, there you go. Um, they did fight, I think, but I. I there's no footage of it, obviously, so that sucks. So, um, but still, that that's that's a fight I would like to see. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, most overrated enforcer of all time. Uh, I hate to say this. Probably going to get a lot of hate for this, but I'd have to say just because also there's not that much footage on it would be for you. So, um, I'd like to see more. Of him, just to see all what all these guys that uh, say how good he was and all that. So and I think it's only because of lack of footage. So and uh, I think you could throw like, uh, but they're not really enforcers. How and Robinson because the miss like, but you guys, but uh, you Chris and John were talking about there, but they they weren't enforcers either. They were they're just considered tough guys. But there's so much blowing up about those guys. So, but I, I'd have to say for you only because of uh, lack of footage. I'd say so. That, that's that's exactly that's exactly what I would say too. Um, underrated. Underrated. Um, Reed Lowe. And uh, that's a good uh, that that is a good answer. Yeah. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think another one would be Kim Claxton as well. Um, not with the NHL days when he was in the WHA. I uh, I think he he was underrated. Because like there's no footage of him, but reload there is, so you can see uh, if you check him out. Like on, like I think you've mentioned it three times. Uh, go down that rabbit hole and you'll see how yep. good he was. Yep. So, and he just says, I just going back guys that um, aren't mentioned much on the the, the fight pages, and uh, I think reload is one that's totally underrated, and I think uh, people would be surprised how good he was and how many good fights he had if they uh, check him out. And another one would be Tenorti, another one as well. So yep. Yeah, yeah. Going up that Reed Low thing, I think he gets lost because that you know because St. Louis just had that run like with you know they get Twist and Chase and yep. they had that kind of run yeah. with those guys and then 
Reed Lowe mm-hmm. kind of like was the next kind of the next guy along, and he sort of gets overlooked. But Reed Lowe was fucking awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Fights that you hate to watch that you hate happened. Uh, oh, geez. That's, uh, um, see, I'll throw you, I'll just so you, well, I'll let you think. Cause again, folks, I haven't given obviously, you know, William these questions ahead of time. So he's getting put on the spot here. So while you're thinking about that, I would answer this question with, I, I always hate the Parker Probert fight. When Probert dropped him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've always hated, because I yeah. was a huge, not because uh, I love Probert, and I love Parker. I like both guys. Yeah. And and I was, but I was a fan of Parker all f- through junior, and the, and the American League, and then he came up with so much hype and everything else, so all of a sudden, he runs into Probert and gets dropped like that. I mean, they're, yeah. well, 20 years later, guys are still talking about it. You mentioned Scott Parker yeah. in a fight group. That's a, inevitably the first or second comment. Oh, Probert got yeah, him. Probert dropped him. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. oh, he was over. Like, And then the guys would be like, oh, Parker was overrated. Probert dropped him. Like, some all of a sudden losing to Probert became a, this terrible thing. I'm like, well, Probert beat a yeah. lot of guys, so I don't yeah. I don't think there's any shame in losing yeah. to Probert. But you guys are trying to make it out like it is. I always hate that fight. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, what what fight yeah. do you hate? Uh, one fight I really didn't like, uh, and there's no footage of it, but I remember seeing it on Hockey Night in Canada. It was Brian Maxwell against Dave Semenko, <clears throat> and um, and Semenko just, I mean, uh, Semenko just destroyed him, and uh, Maxwell was pouring blood, and uh, I never cared for that one, even though I wish I had it, and we'll, we'll watch it again, but uh, as I, I, was a, I was a huge fan of Brian Maxwell, too, and uh, he, had a, he had a couple good seasons here, and uh, but he just got just uh, just slaughtered by uh, Semenko, so I'd have to pick that one. That uh, I hated seeing and going, oh, <laughs> and the Jets were getting their butts kicked. And that was uh, I think that was best two out of best three out of five. It was game three, and we were getting slaughtered. And so maybe the Jets I thought would uh, uh, get a little physical, but no, uh, Semenko uh, shut him down pretty quickly after he just kicked the crap out of Maxwell. So <clears throat> well, there you go, there you go. Uh, I picked well, that one. Well, that was, here we are. We're at a question 10 already. What, what guy, what fighter have you done a complete 180 on? Who did you used to hate uh, that you oh. now like? Um, let's see. Jeez, I don't even know. I, I never thought of that before. Uh, you know what? I, it's hard to say because if you fought, I never really disliked it at all. Uh, no matter, uh, if they were like, uh, um, I, I can't think of anybody that I really disliked. Um, well, well, you're thinking. I'll do this again. For my answer, I always yeah. say is Chris Nyland. I for I don't oh, yeah. know why, okay. but for some reason, growing up or when I first got into the fight tapes and all that, I didn't like Nyland. Yeah, but I don't know why. Like, if somebody asked me why don't you yeah. like him, I don't know what it is. I, there was, I don't know if it was something he did during a fight or the way he looked or whatever it was. I was just like, yeah. oh, I can't stand this guy. And then when his documentary came out, and my friend Kevin and I went to the, actually we went to the movie theater to watch that documentary. Um, yeah, me too. I met and, him and I got a picture with him when he came to Winnipeg and all that. So Yeah. Cool. 
we and we watched that, and I and I'm like, holy shit, you know, I'm like, I'm digging this guy now because he let's do a deer story, yeah, sure. and then of course, as soon as I got home, I go down the YouTube rabbit hole and start watching, and I, I mean, I like I had seen him on tape and whatever, but you go down and you kind of revisit yeah. stuff, and it's like, yeah, I get it now. Like I've uh, no, I'm not all of a sudden no Nylon's my favorite player and I own jerseys or anything, but I mean. He is definitely a guy that I've warmed up to over the years. Oh, yeah. I'd have to say that maybe Semenko. It's just because um, I saw a lot of the stuff that's not around in the early 80s. I saw either on highlights or on Hockey Night Canada where he just kicked the crap out of everybody, and I couldn't stand him. But then obviously over the years, um, um, I, well, I, I can say I didn't, uh, I didn't dislike him. I just uh, didn't, uh, wasn't, wasn't my favorites. Because uh, if you fought, I liked everybody, and but he wasn't one of my favorites. But over the years, and remembering those fights, and then seeing what footage there is of him, I really liked him a lot more after that. And then actually listen to Luciano's episode about how he um, the deep dive on him, and uh, really uh, got to appreciate him more and all that. And and I've spoken to him privately, um, and we talked about Samanco and all that. So I'd probably choose him. So. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, well, it's funny because you and I were talking about that off the air, but yeah, with Luciano there, when I had him on and we did the Semenko, um, uh, special, um, yeah, because I mean, I, that's why I had him on because it's like, I mean, I knew a little bit of, I mean, I read Semenko's book, I've watched some of the, the, the tapes that's yeah. out there, but outside of that, I'm like, I, you know, I've never gone on newspapers.com or, done the deep dive research into Semenko like Luciano has. And so listening to his stories mm-hmm. were, and what he's researched and found was really interesting. And uh, I really liked, I really yeah, enjoyed sure. that episode because I was learning as much as anybody else listening. Right. So it was like, so to have yeah. him on and, and, and like you said, he's done the real deep dive and, you know, going back to, you know, when yeah. junior and Brandon and stuff. And like he said, yeah, the thing with yeah. Semenko, and, I, and somebody had mentioned it in the group. Somebody was kind of shitting on him in the group the other day, but Semenko. But it was like, like Luciano said, that the sad thing is, is lots of most of Semenko's good shit. There's no video of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's so unfortunate. That sucks. Yeah. That there's nothing around. And also, I think the reason I didn't like him either. Or uh, not like them as much as because he kicked a couple of the Jets all the time too. So <laughs> and the Oilers did that as well, not just in games but in the fights. Uh, I don't think Michael lost too much against Winnipeg, but he didn't fight a lot here. Uh, a, a lot of Winnipeg players compared to Calgary or Vancouver seemed like, but still, when he did, he 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 destroyed most of the Jet players that he did fight. So I, I'd have to say him, but yeah, that that sucks that there's not much. Uh, Footage as early stuff, anyway. So, because when he was in Toronto and Hartford, he was long past his prime then. So, well, yeah, like he even said, like his heart wasn't into it, and I think he was, you know, I think at yeah. that point he was pretty much an alcoholic, and like I don't think he was yeah. really, you know. But yeah, like that, like like oh, to see Semenko WHA stuff would be awesome, you know. And oh, like, yeah, and like the sure. early Oilers shit when he when he was still wearing a helmet and shit, like that stuff would be awesome yeah. to see, yeah. right? But. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, there it's like it's very brief the stuff that is out there, and yeah, and it's kind of weird, like especially being in a Canadian kind of hotbed city where you're playing. I'm always surprised there isn't more footage of him, like for some reason. Yeah, you know what though, <clears throat> that stuff is in Hockey Night in Canada, so it's got to be out there somewhere. Yeah, because um, yeah. I remember watching a lot of it when I was in like the early '80s and uh, seeing it, but. Uh, 
So it has some, uh, it's got to be somewhere you'd figure. You'd think anyways, but I, I don't know. So Maybe someday it'll resurface. Maybe someday we we can all hope. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. It yeah, would, for it sure. would be. Well, hey, yeah. that was quick, man. There we go. But that was uh, I, I wanted to get uh, William was the first guy that I contacted for this uh, little exercise of uh, kind of the ten rapid fire questions. But uh, William, I want to thank you. I mean, we've been talking for an hour before oh, we sure, even man. got going. We're talking like. Little old ladies in a knitting yeah, circle definitely. here about everything. I could do but, that all night. Oh, I know. As soon as you yeah, start talking, fight. Even my wife's like, "How many guys have you talked to so far?" I'm like, "Oh, one." What? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> wow. What a, you know, yeah. uh, this might be next Wednesday's episode, right? You know, by the way, I'm going. But uh, William, I want to thank you for coming on. I very much appreciate it. Oh, for sure, man. Love it. Uh, thank for you. Uh, thanks for having me on as well. I, I love that. Talking fights and all that is great, and I love your, your show, man. Listen to every episode all the time, so it's good. Well, I appreciate it. I really do. All right, here we are in the fourth line voice. I got a returning guest. I, I think actually, I think this is the, is it your third time on here? I think it's your third time. Uh, to- I, Tony from Vancouver. Yeah, Tony, what's third happening? Time, Not much. I am uh, waiting for this rapid fire. All right. Well, let's see what we can do here. We'll get we'll get right into it. Uh, and that and folks, like as I said before with uh, with William, uh, Tony does not know the questions I'm going to ask him here. So we're going to just uh, I'm coming on a left field on him. Let's we'll, we'll we'll see what he says here. But first, but first, you're out in Vancouver. You're a big Canucks fan. Um, so I guess I'll start there. Who are the best? Hold on, I got to get my paper here. Ah, top three. Canuck enforcers of all time. Not the best, but my favorite. Well, however, you want to do it. What do you want to? We'll say, yeah, we'll say your favorite. Your favorite three enforcers oh, yeah, well, of all time. Favorite three for the Canucks it would be Bashir, Ojic, and third was Tapa. I, I like, I love Stern, Butcher. I'd probably go with Butcher. Really? Huh. Well, there we go, folks. <laughs> he, played, he played here a long time, right? Yeah, he did. He wasn't, he wasn't one of those guys who who really win many fights, if, you know, only a couple, but he fought everybody. He fought Kite and Brown and Tim Hunter and, like, he didn't fight Colbert, but pretty much everybody else. If you ever go back, like, for those listening, go just as you're listening, type in Hockey DB. Look up Garth Butcher's Western Hockey League stats. They're like, yeah, oh, they're like Sega Genesis stats. It's like ridiculous. He had like a hundred points in like two hundred and fifty minutes. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was a bit, a bit on the small side to be like, you know, an NHL enforcer. He was only like six feet or so, but you know, he had balls of steel, man. Like if if guys today could, they have, don't have what he had. Like he no. would go up against anybody. He he knew he probably wasn't going to win, but he didn't care. Like he fought Dave Brown and. In in Philadelphia, and you know Brown kind of gave it to him, but he, you know Butcher's like giving the fist pump as he's going to the box, like "Let's go, boys!" And you know that was awesome. I love I love Butcher. Like defensemen like that just don't exist anymore. No, they don't. Um, well, you said Brashear. See, folks, there we go. We found Brashear's fan. Yeah. Pe- people say they didn't exist. I said I know one. There we go. <laughs> There's actually, you know, there's actually quite a few now. It's, it's, 
there's I, I think a guy in Europe or something. There's a, a, other guys who actually now that he's retired, I think people are kind of looking fondly on it more than they did before. Like he was fucking hated on the boards. Everybody, oh, he's gonna get knocked out by Parker, and like it never never fucking happened. Like you know, Belak got him, at, but he has he at the end of his career, and you know, I'm not gonna go on the Bruce Shear chant. You know, we fucking already talked about that before. So, and Ojek, I. Everybody loves Ojek. He was a huge fan favorite here for a long time. Yeah, it was. And then yeah. other notable favorites, Ron, Ron DeLorme, Ron, Ron Stern, Jack McElhargy. Like, McElhargy's a bit before my time, but I've, you know, super nice guy and uh, always willing to talk fights and stuff uh, when he, when, you know, before he died and stuff. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, yeah, because while well, Tony here is a big uh, Giants season ticket holder, so he's always at the Giants games. And McElhargy's a scout. So, of course, you'd see Jack all the time at the games. And, of course, like you said, you'd talk fights with him. Just, uh, I know there's a lot of folks out there that are, you know, old Wolfman fans. Um, and I know you would have asked him, who did he say his toughest fight was? And how, and what did he say about Fatio? Okay, I asked, because this was, this was before the second Fatio, the one in Vancouver, which is uh, this, the, I guess that's a, that would be the first fight, I believe, because that was his first game, I think. So the one in the one in New York, along the box where they're kind of scrapping, and, it's, and they're really close up. And a lot of people say, "Oh, Fatou won that one," and I, I really didn't think so. Like I didn't think it was a lot happening. But I asked him about that. And he goes, "He goes, I got him back. I got him back." So I. I he, he said he, he was lost the tough guys like when he played. He said, I asked him about Glenn Goldup. And a lot of people, who? Right? But he was a tough guy, right? And, uh, of course, he played for Philadelphia, right, when they had when they were the Broad Street Bullies. So, you know, he, he, I, I don't know if I, asked, asked, I ever asked him, like, the toughest guy. but Because like, I always considered him as one of the toughest guys. You know, like, his early stuff. Like he was great, so um, I don't know. I, I, I was a huge fan of him, and it's you know too, too bad he passed a couple of years ago. But uh, he, he was a super nice guy. Always he was always at the games. Ron Delorme is always at the games. He's still at the games. I talk to him regularly, and you see, like I saw Dean Malcock uh, about a, a couple months ago. I uh, met him quite often, and uh, just other other players you see like uh, just form of players and stuff and um like uh, uh dave brown's a scout Bal mccray was a scout i saw Ch- Ch- churla at the at the game uh a couple times this year like and uh dan cordick i met he was an assistant so you see lots of players around like former players like, especially tough guys right which is great like you're not going to see these type of guys in just anywhere so no absolutely absolutely well uh question two We'll stick with the Canucks theme here. Who's right. the who's the, who now? Who's the worst enforcer in Canucks history? Okay, worst enforcer as in like fighting ability. I would say Dana Merzen. Um, you, you, come on, you can't call Dana Merzen an enforcer. Well, he he fought though for his teammates. Like he fought a ton of guys, man. Like he fought tons. Oh, I, I know he was a big guy in a gritty defense, but I don't know if I, anyone was calling Dana Merzen an enforcer, though. 
Well, okay, then I'd, I'd probably have to go with Garth Butcher. Because like, he beat Phil Borch. And I don't know, I can't think of too many other guys he beat. Like, he fought Ruskowski five times or something. Perry Turnbull lots. And then, you know, all these other guys. He rarely, rarely won a fight. But I love the guy. I love his heart. And uh, the team was a shit. He didn't even have a lot of toughness at some point, and he was always the guy. But you know, he probably the probably the the least tough of the tough guys. Okay. Uh, okay, we'll get away from the Canucks here, but just uh, just in general, what uh, if you could have any fantasy matchup? What fight would you like to see? Any fantasy? Ma- I'd like to see yeah. Uh, uh, boy, that's a tough one. How, 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 now it could be anybody, any like a '70s guy versus a '90s guy. Then how about how about Fatue? I'd like to see Fatue versus Gates. There you go. Because I, I got nothing against Fatue, but like the, the the legend is just so huge, and the the video is so so. And I like to see, actually, I like to see Fatue go against Gillies. You know, two guys that never fought each other. Like you're in the same. You know, come on, New York, New York. You know, you never fought either. Either guy never fought each other. Like, come on, two of the best at that time. But I, w- I would like to, you know, Gates. I think Gates and Fatigue would be a good one. I think. And didn't they actually? Didn't they fight in the in the IHL or something? Or when? Well, Fatigue was his coach. Yeah, and he yeah. went. And Gates was at a house party causing problems, a team house party, and Nick Fatio <laughs> uh, came to break it up, and him and Link fought all over the living room. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see video of that. So. <laughs> yeah, too bad we didn't have cell phones back then for that one. Yeah. Well, this one, this next one, I I know you love these. And I'm, this is going to be funny because I know your reaction to this. But who's the most overrated enforcer of all time? Overrated. Well, first of all, I don't know if any of them is overrated in the sense of like that's a tough job, you know. Um, it's, it's like it's it's the hardest job probably in professional sports. It is. And, uh, yep. You have to give props to anybody who's going to do it, like whether you're Tory Robertson or you know Shane Corson or whatever. But overrated, like. Like a lot of hype, and bit, but the hype doesn't. The guy doesn't live up to. I got to say, for you. Okay. That's, what, what did you the, think I was going to say? Well, no, I thought I kind of figured that's what you were going to go with because actually, it's funny. William said the same thing. Yeah. Um. And like I said, I got I got nothing against the two. I like them. I like to watch them fight and stuff. But like, there's just very limited footage of the guy and. You know, like, but I think there's some. I think his rep. I think people were more scared of his rep than his actual fighting. Because Malcolm Hardy, you know, he fought the guy twice, and and like did. I thought he won at least one of them. The the and uh, I don't know. I just I didn't think I didn't. I thought his. I thought he intimidated guys more than he was better at that than uh, than the actual fighting part. Well, it's it's one of those. I, I think his bark was bigger than his bite. Like, yeah. Because you look, you look at that brawl. You look at that brawl in in Calgary in the playoffs, and 
Hunter is fighting Semenko behind the net, and McSorley's there. And Fatou is is like he's yanking on McSorley because McSorley's on somebody I can't remember who it was, Plinsky or something. And McSorley doesn't want any part of Fatou. Like he's, and they had another time where there's they're squaring off, squaring off for I don't know how long it was, and they and it was broken up like. You know, I don't know. I, I think there's something to. I think there's something more to his. I think his rep. But then, I think I might have sent you that quote that Schofield said something like, "Yeah, he gets really up, really upset or something." If you uh, isn't as tough as you guys got really upset if you don't think he's as tough as he thinks he is or something like that, right? Yep. But uh, Tim Hunter, I asked him, and he goes, "I said, who's the toughest guy you ever fought?" He said, "He said Nick Fatu, but you know they're buddies, so." Is that legit? I don't know. Okay. Most underrated. Most underrated. I hate this fucking guy. I never liked him. Probably Shane Corson. Yeah. Like he fought, he dropped Dolby. Like he fought everybody. Like, yeah, he did. I hated the fucking guy. You know, he. I always thought, you know, he'd fight Dana Merzen, but he would never go near Gino Ojek, right? Like, I don't know. I just, I just, I just, I never, like, I, you know, he always played on teams I hated, the Habs, the Oilers, you know, shit like that. But I just, I, I, I don't, I don't like him because I thought he was a bit of a spot picker at times. But, like, you look at his fight card and you can't really say he was a spot picker because he fought everybody. He did, yeah. Well, no, he's a great player. He's a solid power forward and would fight and, you know, not the biggest guy, but he's fearless. I mean, uh, he did some cheap shit, but I mean, whatever. Everybody does cheap shit, but no, I, you know, that's funny. I never liked Corson either until our friend, mutual friend, Chris there, uh, you know, Corson 27, for those that remember the old, the, the cat on the old fried chicken days, Chris, if you're out there listening, hope you're doing well. Um, give me a call. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Phone home. Um, but he, uh, he did a two disc Corson, uh, set there. And, uh, you know, once I watched it, I was like, you know, God, goddamn, <laughs> it's pretty good. Actually. He's, uh, this guy's a lot, he's a little better than I'm kind of, than I ever gave him credit for. That's a good pick. Corson. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Uh, you threw me off with that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> what are we at here? Six. If you could have. A, a team tape, we'll say a team tape, or a or a league tape, or whatever. I'll let you play with it. I know you're you're, you're a big you're back of the day big fight tape guy. You got a big collection. Um, that's how Tony and I actually met. We traded way back in the day. So you got, I know you got tons of tapes and everything. If there was footage, if you could have any footage, like that from any era, from any team, league, whatever, what would it be? Oh, any league? Well, definitely New West Bruins, probably late seventies when yeah. that district and uh, Neil and uh, Brad Maxwell and I think Melnick might have been there. And oh yeah, definitely the old Bruins stuff like that. And I think uh, for NHL, I t- I take the Canucks probably about nineteen seventy seventy nine maybe seventy nine eighty. There's some stuff out there, but like they had so many fights, it's just not available, right? Yeah. And I and like American League, oh man, American League, IHL, like I love those all those leagues. So, uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. I, I always, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Canucks guy, right? So I'd like to see their federal farm team stuff. You know, there's some Fredericton stuff out there for sure. I have that stuff, and but you know, there's lots of years where they had nobody, like no footage of of who they had. Yeah. So. Okay, number seven. Um, what fight do you hate? Do you hate to watch the most? Hmm. Like I told I Will, like I told William yesterday, like I said for an example while he was thinking about it. I said the fight that I hate to watch or that I hate happened or whatever you however you want to phrase it. I said I never liked the Probert Parker fight. Because I was a, like I like Probert. I love Probert. I love Parker. And I hated seeing Parker get dropped because for the next 25 <laughs> fucking years, I've had to listen to Scott Parker lose. And I, 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 actually, I actually love that fight. I think, um, uh, well, I, I, I can say, oh, I don't like see Brashear getting dropped by Belak, but there's worse things. I, I like, I think, uh, like, like, not a fight I maybe hated, but the result I didn't like was the first Cox Schofield fight. Like he just got destroyed and like, same with the Crowder fight with Cox. Like, you know, he just got absolutely hammered, and it just it's just so bad, right? Like, the Schofield one, like, he's almost, it was like, what, oh, four punches, and, and Cox just down, he went bloodied and just brutal. Like, <laughs> it was like I loved Cox, man, but he was just, he, he was, you know, he was exciting as hell. Oh, yeah. But, you know, he, he lost a lot more than he won. So, I'll probably say I'll probably say the cock the cock school field. I remember feeling really bad for the guy when it happened because the game was on TV here, right? And uh, I, I just felt bad, like because he didn't even know who Schofield was. Yeah. So I I, 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 you know, I don't like to see the Brashear one either, but like there was uh, the Cox one was real bad. I thought Cox getting done by, like I said, like those two guys, Schofield and and uh, Crowder, like those were the Crowder one was not televised here, but. Just you know, I have it anyway. But it was just that was just brutal. Like his head's bouncing like a bobblehead. It was like yeah. I, I don't. I never understood the announcer on that. He's like, Cox hasn't fought for two years. What do you mean two years? Oh, there's a fight in the Momoa Cup right now, and the fucking linesman broke it up. Like, come on. Like, sorry. Anyway. Um, well, hey, you said uh, Probert and Parker. You love that fight. Why do you love that fight? Because Bob's a bit of an old man at that time. And, you know, of course, Kevin Hansen, you know, all the hype with this, you know, that idiot. But I think, I think, I think that was part of it, right? Like, I wasn't a huge Parker fan. Like, I liked him a lot more later in his career, but, you know, he was up, he was, you know, he was with, with the, you know, the Avs, right? And that's like, you know, big rival with Vancouver, right? But I, I just, because part, like, you know, Probert's an old man kind of, and he just, he just like and Parker apparently was in awe or something of it. Yeah, he was and, of him. Yeah. Uh, of him, right? He really wanted to fight him, and it's just it, like he concussed him. I think he sent down to the minors after that. Like that was just a that was vintage Probert. You know, his jersey didn't come off or anything. Like he just one or two punches just like floored that guy. Yeah. Like I don't I don't think he's ever been hit like that before. Like it was just. And that was Bob kind of showing like power that he rarely had shown. Yeah, no, that was like, yeah, like, like even in his like yeah, Probert was the big power guy. So yeah, it was no. uh, yeah, no, it was uh, yeah, the old man 
pulled pulled one out, pulled pulled something out of himself for one last time. Yeah, because yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah and that because uh, and Parker and at that time Parker was on a real roll. You know, young guy coming up, he had cruised through the American League. He was doing well in his NHL fights, and yeah, yeah. it was uh, so. Yeah, he get that was a big that was a big uh, yeah. The old man showing the young guy some tricks. Um, he did, and like you no, know, Jersey was tied down, everything. Yeah, like he just he just grabbed him and man, did he wall with him, Blake? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I lost my place. Where are we? Oh, okay, here number eight. Who's someone that you've done a complete 180 on? Uh, Bershear. I fucking hated him with the Habs. I didn't even want Vancouver to, to acquire him. They, they traded Cullimore to Montreal. They got Bershear. I didn't, and I didn't even like Bershear. I, I, I didn't like him at all. I'm like, oh, this guy's, you know, he's terrible. Because in Montreal, he's not, in Montreal, he wasn't the same player, like fighter, as he was in Vancouver. And I remember talking to Robert LeBlanc, who lived in he lived in uh, Montreal, right? And you know he made the fight tapes and stuff. And he said he was he goes Brashear never fought like that in Montreal. And he had a couple wins in Montreal and stuff, but he was nothing like he was in Vancouver. And I didn't even like the guy. Like they acquired him. I'm like, like this guy sucks. Like, and then you know turns out to be like one of my favorite players, and and uh, you know you know did awesome. So. There you go. All right. Uh, number nine, best duo. What? Best duo. Oh, the best twosome for the Canucks or anywhere? Anywhere. Uh, if somebody said, name uh, the best tag team in NHL history, what are you saying? Well, most people would say Probert and Coaster. Oh, well, okay, other than Probert and Coaster, then. Other than Probert and Coaster, like, man, there's some good ones. Um... It's tough because there's different eras and stuff. Like, like for the '70s stuff, or you got to go. Maybe you could say Jonathan and, and O'Reilly, maybe or something like that. But yeah, um, that's dual. That's that's tough. Like I think it's Philadelphia. They had Dave Brown and they have Ruby. Right? That's probably yeah the best. That's but that's almost that's basically as good as Probert Coaster, really, in my opinion. Like I had Dave Brown number one, so. I don't know. I think I think that's as good, and uh, I think other another one would be really good would be like uh, Brashear Ojic when they came here in, in ninety I guess ninety before before Gino got traded in like ninety eight ninety seven ninety eight like Brashear Ojic was pretty good. Yep. Ray and May was awesome too. Yeah, um, you know, obviously Cordic and Nylon and stuff like that. But you know, I, I like I like I like, actually I like Churla and Churla and uh, it's like Basil's not super tough, but I like Trilla and Tenorti. Like that would be a a really good twosome, right? When with Minnesota, so yeah, you know. All right, yeah, guys, stuff like that, I guess. Yeah. Final question number ten: minor leaguer that you wish got a shot or a longer shot. Well, Baduk for sure. Um, Dean Ewan. Serge Roberge, you know, or he played what he five, played five games or something like that. Yeah. Um, I thought you know it's funny because he he fought Bomber when he, on the island when Roberge came up with the pullback, and he actually I've I watched that a few times and he really didn't 
lose that fight that bad. Like, not really. It was, it, 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 like, it, it was a good fight. And I, I thought, because I remember the first time when he got killed, but then I looked at it, like, years later, it's like, oh, no, he actually did pretty good. So I don't know why they never kept that guy up. Like, really? Um, but, but, you know, Badouk never played. Dean Ewan never played. Terry Tokarowski, oh, man, seeing that guy come loose, that would yeah. be awesome. So yeah. any of those guys. Good answers, good answers. Well, there you go. There's the Rapid Fire 10 with Tony in Vancouver. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. All right, here we we are on the fourth line, voice. I got Barrett on the phone down in Rochester. Barrett, what's happening? How are you today? Oh, we're doing good. Just taking a break. I'm doing some, uh, some work outside and down in the cave in the basement, cooling off. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you for uh, participating in this. And uh, for the folks listening, I'll go, of course, Bear will be the, uh, he's the fourth individual I've uh, brought on for this uh, exercise that I'm performing here. Uh, he has no idea the questions that I'm going to ask him. So it's, uh, he's complete, he's coming into it in the dark here. So we'll see what, uh, we'll see what answers this produces, but I'm I'll, I'll start off with, uh, uh, yeah, I'll start off with an easy one. Uh, who right. who is your favorite enforcer of all time? Oh, I figured that was going to be one of them, right? And I'm thinking, like, okay, what what answer am I going to give? So I'll go with like my very first favorite, who is still one of my favorites, uh, Eric Bolton. Okay, everybody knows him. Yeah. So now in terms of the in terms of the uh, uh in the uh, well I was going to say with Bolton that, that's a hell of a pick. Um now now in terms of like your NHL fandom obviously you you would Buffalo Sabres is your favorite favorite uh team. Yes, for NHL hockey, yes, Buffalo. Yep. Okay. Well, that'll be my next question then. Top 3 Sabre enforcers of all time. Oh, okay. Well, number 1 that's that's easy. That's uh, Rob Ray. I mean, I don't see how it could be any any answer other than that for number one. Number two, that's a little murkier. Um, I think some guys would probably say Larry Playfair, but he was sort of before my time. Um, so number three, I'm going to go with – or excuse me, number two, I'm going to go with um, Brad May. Uh, number three. Three. That's a tough one. Um, I can't go with a homer pick because he didn't play there too too long. In fact, his career got better when he left Buffalo. Um, he was kind of a wrecking ball the first two years he was there. I'm going to have to say Andrew Peters for number three. Interesting picks. Actually, I thought you'd throw Bolton in there. Is who I actually thought you'd throw in there, but. But you know, I want to do so bad, but I, I should. <laughs> it's like if you really stacked them all up, and I, his career got so much better when he left Buffalo. You know. Oh, that's uh, who you were talking about when you said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He, um, yeah, I guess where did he go? He went to Atlanta, I guess. Right? It sounds so weird to say Atlanta. Um, yeah, yeah, he went to Atlanta, um, and it wasn't really the first three years, really even the second year. It was more after that. Yeah, um, probably around those. You want to call it like eightish. He finally started climbing the charts a little bit, you know. So um, I think guys started getting a lot smaller, you know. If you think about it, a lot of the a lot of the real huge super heavies were starting to get filtered out of the league a little bit, so he wasn't fighting the 
the big behemoths as much. That's true. Kinda, you got, yeah, that's that's my hypothesis, anyways. Well, and your and like and the Playfair thing, yeah, I hear what you're saying. That's that's what I always say with like with the you know everybody oh the top ten of all time. What's your top ten of all time? And it's um and it's hard because of course you know I mean everyone's heard the the you know the the history and the and the legacy and everything, but it's just like yeah when you've never seen them. I mean, and, exactly. and and that's the thing with Playfair too is of course foot footage is really rare of them as well, but it's like. Yeah, it's like like you said, you want to put them in there, but then it's like, well, I never saw them though. It's like when people do these top tens, and it's like, oh yeah, well Ferguson and Gordy Howe for sure. It's like, well, you've never seen them fight. Like, I mean, you've read all the, you know what I mean? It's like you've read the history books. I get it, and you've watched Legends of Hockey documentaries, and everybody talks about how tough these guys were. But yeah, until you've actually seen it, it's like I don't know. It's kind of like you got to put an asterisk beside it a little bit. Right, you, you kind of have to, you know. I mean, you know, I think it's kind of like the cool answer, right? Well, I read it on a forum, you know, years ago. And yeah, I've seen some really grainy footage, and somebody told me that he beat up, you know, insert name here on a, on a fight that wasn't or a game that wasn't televised. So there's a lot, a lot of folklore with some of those old guy, uh, older guys, but you know, it's kind of hard for me to throw them in there, like you said, without really seeing a whole lot of them. So yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and Andrew Peters, there's a name that doesn't get, uh, it's interesting with Peters. It, it, I, I, I feel, and I mean, maybe I'm up my ass. I mean, I had basically stopped kind of watching hockey at that point. I mean, obviously I know who he is. I've seen his fights, but it's like, I'm, I'm far from an Andrew Peters expert. But from what I've seen though, I, he seems to be a guy that doesn't actually get a lot of respect though. No, you're right. Because I think, and again, this is just from, just kind of living out here and following the careers of a lot of those guys um, through this area. Um, he he came into camp, so he actually uh, he he kind of pushed Bolton out of Buffalo. Yeah. So um, in two thousand two two thousand three, that's the year that Rob Ray got traded to um, uh, traded. Yeah, I think he traded him to Ottawa. Yeah. Um, and the very next season. In training camp, Peter showed up. He was like 250 pounds or something like that, just massive. Um, and he actually fought Bolton in training camp. Bolton, he had to, Bolton broke his thumb in the fight. Um, he was out for, I think, a month to start the season. And, and Peters was just, anytime he was in the lineup, he was fighting once or twice a game. I went to the home opener that year, and he fought Goddard and Cairns in the same game. Um, and he was just fighting everybody. And he and he put the whole league on notice, and he was kind of like an unknown because, yeah, you know, he came out of the OHL. Um, he was playing in Rochester, and he was the second round pick that the Sabers made. Um, and they got a second rounder uh, for Pat Lafontaine. So, like, you know, that was the only notoriety that he had had, and he was just basically a fourth liner in Rochester. No one really knew him. Um, and then in o two o three when Ray and Bolton were unavailable, I think they're both hurt. Instead of Peters getting the call, Sean McMorrow got called up and played against Toronto. Um, so I think he was fired up, but, um, and then he, in his own admission, he's got a podcast called, um, after the whistle with Craig Rebe and his own admission on that, on that particular podcast, a few different times, you know, he said like by the 07 or 08, ish season, I think it was, he said about two, three years in his NHL career, like you could watch my fights and, I just he had just lost the love for the role. 
he wasn't having fun and you know he, he used that that massive ko power that he had and just running through guys and, and the no fear attitude was just gone so i think that's kind of why that happens um, he didn't have a really long extended career in the nhl where he was just leaving wreckage in his path um, he only did it for a couple of seasons but in those seasons that he did it he was he was top dog for sure he was good, and, and I know it was um, it was a while back. Somebody kind of somebody was kind of shitting on him, and I remember saying, um, "If go back and watch, because I think he fought him five, six, seven times." But go back and watch the series of fights between Andrew Peters and Brian McGratton. Oh Peter, my god, yeah, yep. Peters does really well in those fights. He really does, and it's like, yeah, and, and and McGratton's sort of at the time like, oh, the man, right? And it's like give or take. McGratton was always kind of a top dog, and it's like. Well, Peters is right there with him. In fact, I'd have Peters winning the series over McGratton. And it's like, you know, I would Well, I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was scored the same way. Yeah, yep. and it was like, oh, I don't think he's as bad as everybody's claiming. And then, of course, I know he admitted to taking steroids and all that shit. And I laugh yep. that these guys are getting on him. I'm like, wow, I mean, do you really think he's the only one? I mean, come on now. Right. Like, I mean, he was the only one that admitted it. But, you know, or I don't know if he got caught. I think he admitted it. I think it was after the fact, though, that he had, maybe. I remember him talking about it openly, though. So it's like, well, yeah. he just admitted it. Like, if you think he was the only guy on steroids in the NHL, I mean, I got I got a fucking bridge to sell you somewhere. So, you know. <laughs> exactly. You know, but there you go. That's interesting. Andrew Peters, that's cool. It's, uh, there's a name that doesn't get tossed around enough. Um. Okay, well now I'm gonna now see now this is where I'm gonna put you on the spot. Who's the worst enforcer in Sabres history? Oh, the worst? Yes. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh who's the worst? Um I wasn't expecting that one. Okay, so let me think here. I gotta try to think of a guy who maybe just got bashed around a lot. Really, it was awful. Um I guess a guy that like no, he can't, I can't throw him out there because he was really good at what he did, and the guys that he fought, he did really well against. I mean, are you are you going to say Barnaby? Barnaby? Yeah, you can't say Barnaby because he he surprised people in some fights. Um, yep, he did. Oh man, I don't. Jeez, I'm going to have to. Uh... God, the worst. You know, I'm gonna throw a name out here, and, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna feel awful because I'm probably gonna do a bunch of research on him, and then find out he was actually pretty good. But any time that I've sort of watched his fights, he didn't really do all that great. And it was a guy named Steve Dykstra. I'll throw him out there. I don't know a lot about him, um, but I've seen a couple of fights with him, and he didn't really. It, it, that was kind of his. It's kind of like kind of what he did, right? I mean, he was a fighter. I believe he was a defenseman. But yeah, that's a really good question because I don't really think of those guys as like who's really bad at it. Exactly. I mean, there's a guy, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and 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 for those listening, I mean, it, it's it's just a fun question. I like to, I like to say it to Barrett, and I had Tony on, and they're fans, so it's like puts them on the spot because I know you guys don't want to say it, right? And and I mean, and it's not being being said, and I don't mean it in a disrespectful way, like. Yeah, like this piece of shit shouldn't have been in the league. Like, I'm not saying it like that. <laughs> it's just we're just having a little fun here on the show, and uh, 
That's funny you said Steve Dykstra. I think he actually started following me on Facebook. I might get him on the show. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to say, hey, yeah. there's this Barrett guy. He said you were the drizzling shits. Yeah, here's his number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's... Uh, oh, man. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, we'll... Uh, there, but that is, that's a tough question. But like you said, with the Barnaby thing, it's like, yeah, you know, like some people would have said Barnaby, but I don't know. I've never actually viewed Barnaby as an enforcer though. You know, like he's more of just, right, exactly. he's just like a pain in the ass. Right. So, and he was very good at it. Um, yeah, I, you it, know, the thing with Barnaby, and I think you and I may have talked about this before, but just, this is completely has nothing to do with whatever we're talking about, but with Barnaby, I always felt that Barnaby actually gave a shit and wasn't trying to be put on the show. He actually could have been a way better fighter than he was. Yeah. If you you watch his fights, he's yelling at the ref to not break it up. He's making faces. He's laughing at the guy. He's talking to him while he's fighting him. But meanwhile, the guy's trying to hit him the whole time. And Barnaby's just kind of wrestling with him, you know, making faces and laughing. And then he'd kind of get mad and throw a few in there at the guy, but it's like, he has no intention of really, like, when guys drop the gloves, it's like, I'm here to beat the shit out of you. Well, Barnaby's, it was more just to put on a show and, like, make the guy look stupid, more or less. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, he would hang on and hang on. He had really good, um, really good stamina. Yeah. So, and and he could, and he, he could take punches. Yeah. He could roll, he could roll away from them, and you really couldn't hit him real hard, and. He was just really frustrating for guys, it looked like. when he saw Yeah, like he was kind of doing like in boxing terms, it'd be like the rope-a-dope thing, right? Meanwhile, he's talking to yeah. you in your ear the whole time, and you're just wanting to kill him. And then, like every once in a while, you'll see like where he fought legitimately mad. Like he was pissed to begin with. It wasn't about a show. It was like, I'm mad at this guy. And he just attempts to throw punches right away, and there's no talking or making faces. He's actually, no, I'm not saying he's, you know, up in the top 10 or anything but it's like when he wanted to he could uh he could actually throw it up bad like i wouldn't say barnaby's a terrible fighter he's just kind of no. he's just kind of like i mean he's trying to be a pain in the ass even when he's fighting not just even before the fight but even during the fight you know like yeah i don't right. care i don't care what anybody says i i love barnaby he was great He's one of my favorite players, yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he was awesome at what he did, absolutely. Have, have you read his book yet? Uh, no, I have not read his book yet. No, neither have I. I've got, I got to get that. It's supposed to be really good. And he tells some really great stories in it. So, And, you know, Barnaby's not going to hold back, right, with his storytelling. So, um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and for the new listeners out there, if you have not checked it out, my very, my very, I talked with Chris Y2J. We talk about, not the Domi Ray one, but before that, when I had him on. And uh, he was a bouncer in Buffalo, and he has some very good Matt Barnaby stories. You should check those out. They're very funny. Um, Okay, moving on. We'll move away from the Sabres here. We've, you know, Barrett's already maligned the organization enough here. It's the Steve Dykstra family's (laughs) looking for him. But, uh, oh boy. uh, It'll be all good. Yeah. Yeah. who is the most, just in general, the NHL, you know, in your time uh, from watching and being on fight boards and everything else, um, who's under? Who's the most underrated fighter? I know it's kind of a loaded question, um, but work with me on it. Yeah. Underrated? Yes. Uh, is this a crop? Well, is this NHL, minors, everything? 
Well, oh, hey, well, hit me with hit me with an hit me with whatever an NHL guy and a minor league guy. We'll go with that. All right. Well, I guess the first answer, most underrated guy, because I don't think he gets. Every once in a while, you'll see like other, you know, there's maybe some ex pros will, will comment on stuff in the appreciation group, and, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. Whenever he gets brought up, um, he played a little bit in the NHL towards the end of his career, but uh, my most underrated guy, uh, all in all, is probably Steve McLaren, old Stone Cold. He was Trem- really tremendous underrated. pick, tremendous. Yep. That guy was. I mean, I, 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 you see him like I, that Scott Parker fight, yeah. where. Parker smashed his nose across his face and he didn't even blink. And yep. he comes back and if 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 McLaren wasn't didn't look like he needed to be, you know, mopped up, you know, with a bucket afterwards. I mean, I can't believe he never he didn't go down, but if he didn't look as bad as he did, you could argue that he came back and won that fight. But believe you know me, I mean? Parker couldn't believe he didn't go down. <laughs> you know, he was just that like was what? the most amazing thing. Oh, it's a guy's couldn't a, believe it. Guys a terminator, man. Uh well, even that fight I put up the other day of him was it yesterday? Or the day before? I was going to say, yeah, the Memorial yeah. Cup fight when he when like Murray's drilling him and he's just standing there taking it and he's like it comes back and drops a bomb and it's just, well actually the bomb he dropped on Murray I can't believe Murray stood up after that shot actually but yep yeah oh Stone Cold is awesome great pick good pick all right um, well then we got to go on the the other side of the coin most overrated. Most overrated. Um, hmm. Man, I, these ones are these ones that make me feel so bad. And I'm still kind of reeling from having to throw a name out for worst favorite guy. <laughs> so, so now, so now, you know, I know this is just for fun. So I'm on the spot here. Most overrated enforcer. Like I don't know. Like you go on the enforcer. Like you're on the enforcer groups. Like I am, and like I don't know. You see the guy's name brought up, and ah, oh, he was one of the best. And you're just like, ah, oh, no, no, not really. Like you know, again, we're not saying the guy was a you know awful, but it's just like I don't know. In your mind? Well, yeah, I can- I'm gonna get you know. If people probably hammer me for saying this, and there is a pun intended, but I didn't get to see him a lot. Obviously, he was both. He was like the Playfair era. But I heard stories about him from people when he came to Buffalo, and maybe maybe it was because he was pretty much done with his career. And then the stuff that you see on YouTube, it's like, yeah, he was all right. But I never really got the folklore reputation of Dave Schultz, personally. I know he was kind of maybe, he's known as the original, like, you know, pure, what do you want to call it? I mean, I hate, you know, I, I'm not a big you know fan of the lagoon, but he was kind of, yeah. That role for the Broad Street Bullies. Yep. But then he gets, you know, he gets his reputation as like one of the all-time killers, and it's like I, 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 I never really understood that. So I guess I'll throw him out there. Hmm. Interesting pick. There you go. Okay. Okay. Um, who's somebody that you've done a complete one eighty on? A complete one eighty on. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's not a good one. Okay. 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 Let's see here. Complete 180. Um, I'm going to go with... He's probably a guy that... Because I didn't really like him um, at first. And I know a lot of guys still don't like him. But you can't argue. And it might have had a little bit of, you know, a little bit to do with he actually played Buffalo a couple of years, even though he kind of shits on the area on his podcast sometimes, too. 
But um, I did a 180 on John Scott. I used to think he was just a big bird, and maybe he was at first. Um, but some of the damage he did to guys when he really kind of figured it out. And he's again, he's a guy that like he's NHL wise, he's sort of like Peters. You know, he didn't have a a long illustrious career uh, career and. He was a healthy scratch a lot throughout his career, but the the run that he had, where he was actually doing pretty well, I guess I guess I'll it's kind of the era he played in too, right? I mean, he he kind of stuck around the league a little bit, and more or less because he was one of the only got only uh, real super heavyweights that were left in the league at the time. So he was kind of the big you know the big bad guy in the block. But I'll go with him. It's not going to be a popular answer because he's a college player and yeah. all that stuff, but. That's your answer. That's I'll throw him out there. Yeah, it's your it's your show. It's your answers. That you know. There we go. Um, yeah. Well, I know you go to a Sabres games. You go to a lot of Rochester games and everything. So, um, what's the best fight you've seen live? The best fight I've seen live. Um, yeah, I see a lot of them, but yep. probably best fight I've seen live wasn't the greatest fight um, in terms of you know back and forth bombs. And everything, but because I was a big fan of him, and I was actually hoping he would eventually make the Sabres, which he did. But there was a fight, um, I think it's on YouTube, but just it was the time of the game, and then the Hershey Bears were playing like dicks, and uh, like they always did back then, because um, they had guys like Parker and Sammy Hellenius, and you know, the animal Frank Bialois. Yep. Bolton fought Bialois off a of faceoff. He, he won. Uh, I wouldn't say, look at the replay, I don't think you could argue whether the right hand landed before Bylos went down or not. Real grainy video. But it was actually a real good fight. Uh, you know, for, for me, thinking, you know, that, all right, this is a rigged test for Bolton, because everyone knows Bylos. That guy is yeah. that guy's nuclear. Um, I'm going to go with that one, just because being in the arena, and I still remember it, um, just the feeling in the arena, like, okay, all right, these guys are yapping, they're lining up here, and it's going to happen. I mean, I knew it. It's because I was, I knew those guys, and well, I was telling people around me, I said, watch them, watch 29, 26, they're going. And then sure enough, they dropped the mitts, and by Lois ended, ended, up, ended up on the ice, and Bolton skating around without a jersey on, and you know, <laughs> the whole, whole place was going nuts. So throw that one out there. Tremendous, tremendous. Um, that was question, what was that? That was seven. Okay, so eight. Is uh, what what fight you 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 just you hate to watch? What fight do you hate to watch? Like a like a like a pass like a pass fight that comes up and I always click forward on it. Yeah, like you going through your DVDs yep. or on YouTube or someone mentions it and you're like, ah, I, I don't like that fight. Like for example, like mine's always Probert and Parker. Like I love both the guys, yeah. but it was like I I wanted Parker to really do well when he first came up, and then he gets dropped by Probert, and it's like oh shit, you know. And uh, I mean, yeah, obviously ended up having a good career, but I mean, twenty some years later, people still bring that fight up when you mention Parker's name, and it's like oh, it's like a scarlet letter, right? But uh, that's that's always my example that I've used for the people that listen to the show are probably sick of it because that's like the fourth time I've said it. But yeah, that's what I mean in that sense with that question. Yeah, all right, I got you. Um, so I'll go with, uh, I guess, because I, you know, I mentioned he's like my favorite. So Bolton um, Bolton and Bonvi, there, there was a fight they had, Buffalo versus Boston. I went to the game. I was playing uh, 
a little bit of college hockey, and we had a game. I was I was living up north in Canton, New York, and we had a game towards Buffalo. We were staying overnight, so our team went to the game, and we're you know, talking all this stuff about, like, oh, yeah, this Bolton guy's really tough. He played in Rochester, and he just made the team. And it, it was like either – it was the 0 season, so it was his sophomore season in the league. And, uh, you know, Dennis Bonvey got called up. And we're all, you know, we're all talking about him. Me and another guy who knows Bolton is. And we're like, oh, they're going to fight. They're going to fight. They're both from the Maritimes, right around the same area as each other, blah, blah, blah. And uh, sure enough, they find each other, and they fight. But Bolton, Bonvey pulls Bolton's jersey over his head and just starts smashing him. And uh, it wasn't a real great fight. Bolton fell down a couple of times. And then as he got up and the refs came in there, Bolton fired like a right hand over the top and just almost cleaned Bonvey's head right off his shoulders with it. But uh, he didn't go down. But it was, it, was, it was the worst fight. And the guys were like, they're all ragging on me. They're saying, like, oh, that, that guy's not that tough. He kept falling down. It's like, you know, guys that don't really know the fight game. But, um, that one, I would say, it's probably the one that I, whenever it comes up on YouTube, it just brings back that memory of like, oh, what a letdown, you know? Like, you know, I was talking all this shit about how good, how good a fight it was going to be, and then that happened. So, um, there, yeah, yeah, good That's one. That's the one I skip. The good one. Um, well, here's one. Um, what's your like? If if you had if you had your your fantasy matchup. Like it, oh, like any man. any errors, yeah. whatever. Just two dudes. I, I would have I would have loved to have seen these two guys fight. Um, I think I shared a picture of this. They almost fought once when uh, Steve McIntyre was with Pittsburgh, and Eric Bolton was within was with uh, New Jersey. There's a photo on Getty Images of them like staring at each other, like nose to nose, like near near a net after a whistle or something, right? Yeah. They both had that they both had that, you know, fuck you look on their face like and they were they were and it never happened. Apparently um apparently they almost squared up in the ECHL during that oh four oh five lockout. Um but that never happened, I guess. Supposedly McIntyre was chasing Bolt all over the ice, which I don't doubt because at that point McIntyre was young and looking to put in, you know, make a name yeah. for himself. But yeah. that's probably the fight I think, like, if, 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 you know, if McIntyre was in his prime, I'd be kind of worried <laughs> for, yeah. for Bolts. But, um, I don't know. Like, if, it, later in his career, Bolts really surprised, you know, some guys. Yeah, he, uh, did. he had some thunder in that right hand, man. He, yep. could, he could hurt you. Yep. So, um, probably that. I'd say Bolton and McIntyre would there you be go. one that I, I would have liked to have seen. Well, we're here. Number 10, final question. What might I mean? I know you already said McLaren, but other than him, what minor league uh, tough guy would do you wish really had gotten a run in the NHL? Oh, uh, a run! So more than uh, more than just one game. Yeah, I'll give him a couple uh, seasons. Yeah, give him a couple seasons. Okay, so I'm going to say this. Like, so I was um, I had just gotten I had gotten out of the Marine Corps in November of '05, so. I started going to, you know, I moved back home up to the Rochester area. And uh, I was obviously following Nick Morrow, you know, out of the OHL and into the Sabres. And, you know, he he kind of grew into that role a little, you know, you know, becoming, you know, obviously a professional hockey player versus a major junior kid. And that season, 05, 06, he was, he was much bigger, much stronger. And he actually fought more open than, he, than he's known for. Yep. Um, 
and a lot of those videos, I sent you a message. I was actually looking for them. Uh, I think it was last night. Like what, you know, a lot of these videos I used to be able to find easily with a couple of strokes, you know, the keyboard, uh, they're all deleted for some reason. But anyways, from that season, I mean, there was a couple fights he had that, you know, against a real big, tough guy, like you're in the Shevsky, Del Kinko, um, you know, obviously he had a couple of fights in the preseason that year too, against Shelly and uh, Neil, and he had a really good year that that season. And I think, I don't know, he had that one game in 0203, but that was kind of before he really, you know, started getting into a into a groove around 04, 05, 05, 06. Um, I would have liked to have seen what he could do up in the NHL around that time, right? Like when he was when he was really wheeling and dealing and, and was really playing well and and was really, really into that role. So Sean McMorrow right around 05, 06, you know, 06, 07-ish, I think would have been fun to watch um, if he could have stuck somewhere. There you go. I'm only, and I'm only saying that because I'm sure somebody's already going to say Joel Terrio, so I wanted to do a different answer. <laughs> no, I haven't heard Terrio yet, but there you go. That's a good one too. Um, yeah, it's too bad Washington never got him up. But, uh, well, there we go, folks. There's Barrett's. Ten rapid questions. I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 